Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. As a church community, and uh, we're going to begin reading in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. And it says, Behold, uh, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to this test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? Verse 27, and he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbors, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, I love Jesus' answers. They're like, you know, like he's supposed to answer an easy answer. Then. Who is my neighbor? Those that are next to you. Those that are beside you. That's the answer, right? But Jesus, right? Classic Jesus. He doesn't do that. He says, let me tell you a story. You can tell he was a preacher. And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among the robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Someone shot the other side. <laughs> so likewise, the Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Someone shout, compassion. Compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said to him, and he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. I'm like, did he answer the question? I don't think he answered the question. He says, you go and do likewise. Can we read one more scripture? First John chapter 4, verse 16. By the way, I'm wearing this nice shirt, hashtag forgiven, travel light. I had to get a size 2X because the 1X is not working for me. It's the workouts I've been doing with Darius at the gym. First John chapter 4, it says, We know how much God loved us. Ain't that the truth? We know how much God loved us. We have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. 
Can we read that one more time? That was so good. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows. Someone shout grows. Grow. More perfect. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about on this subject, we love people. I know, it's not exciting. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to massage your cheeks. There you go, right there. I know not, not many of you got this epic beard that I got, but I want you to massage your cheeks. Now, a reason I want you to massage your cheeks is because I want you to smile. Now, I want you to put a smile on your face and look at the person next to you and tell them, we love people. <laughs> tell them we love them. We love people. We love people. values we as a church community last week we covered we preach Jesus uh, this week we're covering we love people we also believe that we serve with excellence these are our core values these are the things we stand for we worship with authenticity and we give generously we fellowship as a community and we're accountable to honor one another how many of you guys know you need to know what your values are because what's important what's most important to you is what you place uh, your time your energy and what you lend your resources to your core values, the things that you are made up of. Amen? 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 So this week we're going to talk about we preach Jesus. How many of you guys got New, res new Year resolutions? <laughs> you guys keep up on that. Alright. <laughs> My only resolution this year, and this is what I prayed to the Lord for 2017. I said, God, I want to become better at love. That's all I pray. That's all. And I believe that if we make that our goal to become better at love, man, there's no telling what God can do. Amen. In this city, in your life, in your family, in your marriage, becoming better. If I had a subtitle to this message, it would be called Becoming Better at Love. Amen. 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 Can we bow our heads for a moment? Just a moment. Dear Jesus, we, we thank you. <laughs> We're so grateful, God, that we can be who we are. Not only before your presence, but we can be who we are before each other. But you have given us a love so beautiful that we can't help share it with the world we can't help but to share it with the world that it is a love so big so grand so expensive that we cannot keep it to ourselves but we ought to share it with this world so we thank you God thank you that this word is not a word that is simply information but it is a word of transformation Mold our hearts, change our minds, renew our spirits. Father, I thank you for the amazing opportunity to pastor such an amazing church and for being married to the hottest woman on the planet. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen. amen and amen. Why don't you give God some praise one more time? Um, you know, there's things that I there's things that I have I have given up on, things that haven't worked for me, the things that I was passionate.
passionate about, like, have you, anybody here excited or passionate about a sports team? Uh, you're praying for football Let's go right now. Uh, uh, and I don't know about you, but, um, see, I've given up on certain sports teams. You know, i, I got to be honest, I've, there's some sports teams that I've given up on. And, and the reason that I've given up on them is because, you know, you get frustrated as a fan. That's me. You get frustrated as a fan of cheering so passionately and getting excited over a team that makes it to the playoffs, makes it to the finals. And for some reason, I've been, I'm 30 whatever years old. <laughs> you don't need to know the rest. 30-ish. I'm 30-ish years old. And in my 30-ish years old, I have never seen this team win a championship. And so I've given and I've given up on this team. Hashtag the Knicks. <laughs> People ask me all the time, Pastor O, do you see that what I stopped watching watching the Knicks? Because even Patrick Ewing knew it was time to go. <laughs> he did. He knew it was time to go. And, and when Patrick Ewing left the Knicks, my heart went with him. I was I was done being a Knicks fan because they were not working out for me. Alright? Now I don't know about you, have you ever given up on on things that haven't worked out for you, like you tried your best and you tried like, like these things called relationships. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you've never really been in one, right? Like let's talk about relationships, starting from one, we don't understand them. And if you're single folk right now, if you think you even have the slightest idea of what anger is, you have no clue until you're in a relationship. Amen. You know exactly what I'm talking about, church. Because, because, you see, there's a, you don't know what love is until you know you love somebody, but you hate yourself for loving them that much. See, like, there's a level of anger. There's a level of anger that you will never escape. Yeah, I love you, honey, but I hate me because I love you so much. It's a level of anger that you experience, but it does it pales in comparison to the level of anger and passion that you experience in a relationship. Because, see, outside of a relationship, when you get angry at some, the worst case scenario is you will hit them. That's the worst case scenario. You would you would hit them. Now we don't condone any violence in this church. We are. Amen. Amen. But there's another level of anger when you get so angry that you want to hit yourself. <laughs> it's just another level. Like they they bring the best out of you, boys. So I was scared they bring the worst out of you. You know what I'm talking about? And these, these are the things that we just give up on relationships. I, 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 I stay by myself. Just me and you, Jesus. Just me and you, right? Have you ever given up on stuff because it's just so frustrating and kind of like, I've been trying to do this relationship thing for God knows how long and I can't seem to get it right. You know what I'm talking about? I just, it's just not working out for me. This thing called marriage, this thing called relationship. Now, I know I'm the anomaly, and that does not happen in my household, but for the rest of the world. 
I'm praying for you. And so, like, you give up on stuff. My, my younger brother, he's an amazing young man. How many thank God for Ruben? Amen. It's funny because, like, he'll start something and he will, he will quickly give up on it when it's dissatisfying. Like, I, I, he has given up on Instagram more times than I've given up on a diet. <laughs> the, last, the last time he gave up on Instagram, he said, it's because the pictures are squared. <laughs> well, I can make this up. He says, he says, Rolando, the, the, it's just, I'm just, you know, Instagram just doesn't do for me. They don't, they don't provide for me the satisfaction of having a rectangular figure in my phone. <laughs> Vertically and horizontally, and I want it to be vertically rectangular and horizontally rectangular, and unfortunately, they are square. And square just doesn't do it for me. Therefore, I am leaving my lifestyle of Instagram, and I'm walking into another social media app. I give up. It's not doing it for me. It's not working for me. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen Ruben in a skateboard? No, because he gave up on that a lot too quick. If you didn't see my skateboards, it's too quick. <laughs> and uh, the last thing that Ruben gave up, we are praying for him, intercede. Because he has walked into the lifestyle of eating that diabolical food called meat. Hallelujah. <laughs> he has gone back. He has given up on being a vegetarian. For the second time. For the second time. Applause. I don't know. <laughs> We're proud of you, Rui. Welcome back. Come back to the meat side. <laughs> he, has, he said he's un-American. He's given up. This is true. He has given up on the lifestyle of being a vegetarian yes. to go eat the diabolical dead animal food called meat. <laughs> Chicken, <laughs> bacon, bernier. I saw a picture of Cook Bear the other day. I was like, ooh, I might come back. <laughs> Cook Bear, imagine that there is Cook Bear. Um, and he also, he became an atheist, so he gave up on God. <laughs> right? But I thought about that, and I said, you know what? I love it because even though Reuben gave up on God, God never gave up on him. I love it because even though Reuben uh, walked away from God, God never walked away from him. Even though Reuben gave up on uh, following his purpose in Christ, God never forgot that he instilled purpose in him. And it's not just Reuben. Because you might be here today and you may have given up on God at one point in your life. But if you're here today, God is saying, I've never given up on you. Uh, you may have walked away from God at one point in your life, but guess what? God has never walked away from you. <laughs> you may have quit and, and come to church, but God says, I will bring the church to you. <laughs> uh, how many can thank God that we serve a God that has never walked away from us, has never given up on us, has never abandoned us, has never left us stranded. We may have given up on God, but God has never given up on us. See, I thought about this because I thought about how easily we can begin to convince ourselves on how to get
give up on something that uh, we has caused us much frustration because we have not been able to get it right. We have not been able to, to get it down packed. We have not been able to actually succeed at the thing that we said that we were going to do. And so we have given up on it, whether it's relationships, whether it's a, 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 a higher learning, whether it's a... Uh, uh, Whatever it is, it could be that we've just given up on it because it hasn't worked out in the way or shape or form that we thought that it was going to work out on. And so we have given up on it. It just didn't work for me, Pastor Ron, there. Therefore, we have given up on it. But the thing is that sometimes we give up on the things because they don't work at the time. But they could be the very thing that has the largest contributing, has the largest contribution to our purpose. Right. See, sometimes we give up, uh, give up on things that are difficult and things that we don't get right. But they might be the very things that have the largest contribution to your purpose. And the plans that God has for you. And the things that God wants to do in your life. And so, it brings me to today's message. We love people. We love people. And I want to I submit to you today that as a church family, as a church community... That we're going to be committed, no matter what, to love people. And I know that sounds simple, and it sounds basic, and it sounds really ordinary and non-spiritual. And we kind of think that we can manufacture this type of love and render it to people. But I'm not talking about that love. I'm saying that we're going to be committed to love people. What kind of people? All sorts of people. See, I don't care... I don't care how you walk through those doors. I don't care who walks through those doors. If you are a person, guess what? We're going to love you. See, I don't want to be a church that simply says that we love people, or we have this little ring, or we have this little jingle that says we love people, or we have something written on our pamphlets that say we love people, or it's we say it's our mission, we say it with lip service. I don't want to be a church that's just giving off lip service, but I want to be a church that we really love people. That when people talk about Christ uncensored, house of worship, they don't talk about how great the worship team is. They don't talk about how great the message is. They don't talk about how good looking the pastor is. What they do talk about. Man, that church is, that church loves people. Like, you don't understand, I went to this church and I, 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 I felt out of, out of place. I went to this church, but man, when I come to Kuha, I just feel love. Man, you know how many times I've heard people say, man, I don't know what it is, but when I just step into the room, I feel the love. You know why? Because it's your love coming, connect, connecting with my love, and my love connecting with your, your love. And people walk into the room, and the same way they feel the wind, they feel our love for them. Amen. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor, I love people. People are hard. Pastor O. Pastor O, people, people are difficult, Pastor O. I just, Pastor O, please do me a favor. Just leave me like John the Baptist somewhere out in the wilderness having locusts and honey, and I will be all right. Just leave me out in the wilderness somewhere. Just me and you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Because people are difficult. Trust me, I know I'm a pastor. I have to be nice when I don't feel nice. Thank God I'm naturally nice, right? Amen. Amen. So like, right, I'm like, Pastor, Pastor o, you don't understand, Pastor o. Like, I'm, I'm a good human being, Pastor o. I'm a good human being until people. Yes. There's this problem in my life called people. 
I was perfect until people. Amen. See, I woke up in the morning and I looked at the sun, opened the shades, I saw the birds chirping. I got dressed and it was just me and you, God. But then I needed to use the bathroom and people were in it. <laughs> See, then I, I said, all right, I'm going to wait because people make me wait. And then I get in the car and I say, I put on my Kim Walker and my Hillsong and I start worshiping you in the car because people are in the house and I just want to get along with you and God. Me and God, I just want to, I just, just start singing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> and then I pull up at the red light. And at the moment that light turns green, someone humps the horn. <laughs> People hump the horn. <laughs> See, and then, and then, and then I, I say, Woo, Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> then I go, and I'm going to go get my bacon, egg, and cheese, but people are at the bagel shop. And I walk in. And I'm ready to order my bacon and get cheese. But the people behind the counter are talking to each other. And I have to wait because I'm rushing for work. And people are doing this thing called conversing. And you shouldn't be conversing because you should be attending my bacon and get cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup on a sesame seed bun. I extra bacon with ketchup, extra ketchup. That's what I used to. I used to know how to eat back in the day. But but they're busy talking. And you're there trying to be like Jesus. You see this, God? You see this, right? I'm just letting you know. You're working in me. And then she turns around and she's like, oh my God, I didn't know you were there. No, duh. No, duh, you didn't know I was there. But the thing is that she's not talking to me. She's talking to the person next to me who came in five minutes after me. And she says, who's first? And I'm like, you would have known who's first if you weren't talking to people. And she comes and says, can I tell you? And then now i got to be the bad guy. Am I talking about me or am I talking about you guys? I don't even know anymore. He got me the back of the I was here first. You ever did that? Like, yo, ain't nobody skipping me. You get in the awkward shapes. You distort your body. I'm skip proof. And then you get, you, you, you get your bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. You put it in your car. And then when you get in your car, people cut you off. And you're singing worship and you're like, oh my gosh, oh Lord. And then you finally get to work and you're there and you you're, you see somebody come outside their parking lot and you know it's your parking lot. It's You know it's your parking spot because you prayed for it on the way there. Why you were singing Kim Walker and Hillsong and all that stuff, right? You were singing and so you knew that's my parking spot. Why ain't no devil going to take away my parking spot because I prayed for that parking spot. When you got there, every spot was filled except for that one car that was coming out making way for you to come in and just when you thought you were going to come in someone else was behind that car and cut and took your parking spot the devil is a liar people right pastor Ro, i'm good until people i'm a great human being until people i know how to sing and sing worship songs and i know how to pray but i don't know how to people See, here's my thought that, you know, we think oftentimes that it's people that are the problem. But if we really look, if we search deeper, 
what we have, what we will find out and realize that it is not people that are the problem, it is the love that we possess and the love that we are trying to use to love the people who are being people. Right? Because you know what people do? They beat people. <laughs> people are people. Look at the person next to you, tell them this is deep. People are people. People, people. Yeah, people will be people. And so you walk out those doors every day and you're gonna you're gonna find out that people will be people because people are gonna be the ones that are gonna make you late. People are the ones that are gonna pass the rope. People are the ones that make me mad. People are the ones that make me late. People are the ones that make me think that stuff I would never think if it wasn't for people. My dog never makes me think like that. But people do. Right? Like this is us, right? And what happens is that in, that instead of becoming, because what happens? This is the deal. See, it's the love that we possess that might be the problem. Because we all need love. And I know some of you are like, I don't need no love. You might need it the most. <laughs> I don't need no love. I'm good just the way I am. I ain't no love. Love is for suckers. I don't do that stuff, you know what I mean? You might need it the most. Right? I don't We all need love. We do. Amen. We all are in, are in need of love. We are actually... We are agents of love. Yes. We have this desire and need for love. And we all need love. But we all, we all have this great need for love. But we're not so great at it. Right. See, the problem is that if we all need love, but we're not good at love, then we are building a future of people that won't know how to fully experience life. And won't get the fullness of love, be, uh, the fullness of life. Because in order for you to live well, you have to learn how to love well. See, living well equals loving well. And if we're ever going to become good at life, we have to become good at love. See, the problem more oftentimes is not people, it's the love that we're trying to give them. See, if we give them from a love that we have manufactured and it started from within us, then that love is only good for things. That love is only good for things other than people. But the love that really is for people is the love that you will possess by the creator of people. And it's God. See, I don't want to love. See, if I put my trust in my love, then my love for you is not reliable. But if I, push, if I put my trust in the love of God, oh, you can take that to the bank. Amen? Amen? And so instead of becoming better at love, we become better at making excuses. You can think about that. <laughs> I laugh at myself sometimes because when I don't want to do something, I'm so good at making excuses. I'm so good. Some of you guys are laughing because you're there with me. <laughs> right? I become like I'll, like the same thing. If I want to do it, hey, we need to go. We need to cross over the bridge to the Verrazano. We need to cross the Verrazano, and we're gonna go help a family over there. They're moving, so we're gonna help them. Ah, oh, that's far. Oh, we gotta cross over the bridge. Cross over water. And then we gotta hit traffic. Hey, we gotta 
us over the bridge because someone's going to give us $500. Mm -hmm. Oh, we shouldn't go with that traffic, you know. No, nah, just five minutes. We're just right there, right over the bridge. It's right over the bridge. It's right there. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Baby, can you do the dishes? Oh, baby, my stomach. Baby, I'll give you $100. Baby, this is nothing for $100 for this. Come on. <laughs> right? We become, we become better at making excuses than at love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so Jesus, look what Jesus says. Jesus says in John chapter 13, he talks about this, this love. He talks about a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. How? Just as I have loved who? You. you. By this you will know, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you what? If you what? If you love one another, if you love one another, he says, this is the telltale sign that you are a Jesus follower. Can I be honest? It's not just Jesus in the modern day vernacular. He says, hey, it's not about how many times you go to the church. It's not how many times you can sing songs. It's not how many hill songs that you know back to back. It's not about how many verses you know of the Bible. He goes, the telltale sign, the mark that you are an agent of Christ, the mark that you are an agent of the kingdom. It's not any of those things. It is the way you love. Amen. See, we can think we're loving people because we're trying really hard to love them with a manufactured love that we've created. But he goes, this is the telltale sign that you love one another. But that's not what it is. It's the way you love one another the way I loved you. See, the love that we render to this world is the love that we've received from God. Amen. See, love is not uh, something that we have to figure out or make happen. We simply got to learn how to receive it and be simply a river that continues to flow unto other people. You're like, Jesus, how far do I need to go to, to, be, to, to, to know who's my neighbor? And I, and I could understand because, like, back in the day we knew who our neighbor was. I don't know. Right? Most of our friends now, <coughs> years later, are people we live next to. So we knew who our neighbors was. You know, our neighbors were the people that they knocked on our door and they asked for sugar and we gave them so ple pleasantly. Like, yeah, of course. God bless you. How are you? That's awesome. right. Like, they're the people that they can knock on our door and they can, they can uh, uh, sit with us and they come over whenever they wanted. You know, they were the people that we borrowed DVDs from or VHS at that time. Uh, we borrowed VHS and we would give it back the next day, right? And, and we would always be good to our neighbors because we knew now most of us don't know who our neighbors are, right? We're like, who lives next to you? I don't know, but he's creepy, right? <laughs> right? We don't know. Like, in my house, like, before someone knocks on your door, what do you, what do, you do? You open it. You look at them. You say, God bless you. How are you? Hey, can I help you? Now someone knocks on my door. Lisa loses her mind. Because like, that's when we get upset. Someone knocks on your door. Hey, don't be interrupted. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Baby, you get upset, baby. She'd be like, who's knocking on our door? I'm like, do I have x-ray vision? Can I see who is through this door? But, but Papi, who's, who's knocking on our door? And I'm like, baby, I can't see who's not, but who's knocking on our door. And I'm like, baby, are you upset? 
that someone took their finger and pressed the contraption that alerts us that someone is outside? She's like, yeah, but nobody texts me. <laughs> and Alex, she'll get, she'll get upset. Like, like, baby, just answer the door. No, I'm not answering the door. And she'll walk to a room and she will not answer that door. And she'll get upset. Like, like we don't know who our neighbor is. Ain't nobody knocking on our door nowadays. How are you going to knock on someone's door and not text them that you're outside? God forbid you touch my doorbell, right? Unannounced. Right? People could come to your house and just show up. Now we don't know. And I can kind of relate to this guy. He's like, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells this, this unique story because he, he kind of shifts the paradigm and he says, a Samaritan. He says, there was a priest. Oh, we're looking out for the priest because the priest, you know, they're going to do what, what they should be doing. And the priest comes and he crosses a, a guy and the guy got beat up real bad. This Jew got beat up real bad and he was left. He was robbed. He, they, they stripped him of his clothes and they put him unconscious. He was unconscious on the floor. And a priest comes. And a priest comes. And this is the picture that Jesus is, is creating. He says, the priest comes. And the image here is that the guy is on the same road as the priest. <coughs> and Jesus tells the story. He says, yeah, he saw the man and he walked over to the other side. You see the picture? <laughs> and then you have, so, so now the, the listeners, the, the lawyers like, hmm, where are you going with this? They got the Levite. All right, the Levite's going to do it because, you know, Levites, they're good people. They're going to do the right thing. And the Levite comes, and he says, he walks over to, everybody say, to the other side. To the other side. To the other side. And he keeps moving. And he goes, then there was this Samaritan. Samaritan. Notice that at the end he says, which one of these uh, was a neighbor? He says, the one who showed mercy. In other words, he couldn't even utter the words, the Samaritan. You get it? You get the picture? Because for the Jewish culture at that time, they were so disgusted by Samaritans that the Samaritan, so Jesus flips it around and he says, yeah, there was this Samaritan. And he walked over and this Samaritan actually was on the other side of the road, but he walked towards the pain. See, this Samaritan was on one side of the road. He was on 58th Street. In Brooklyn, yeah. in Sunset, <laughs> on the side that had the Nuevo Yayo, 58th, 60th Street, 59th, 59th, don't correct me while I'm on the phone. <laughs> and he crossed over to the other side because he saw someone hurt. You know, this had me thinking, because I thought, man, how many times have I crossed over to the other side to avoid the pain, the broken, the hurting, the ones in need. How many times have I just, have I walked over to the other side of what God was calling me towards? How many times have I walked away from the very thing that was put in my path for me to change it? Now think about that because because this man walked towards the unconscious man. He walked towards the beaten man. And I want to say that because, man, my prayer for this church community is that we are a church that walks towards the pain. That we love 
in such a way that we cross over towards the pain, that we cross over to the broken, that we cross over to the disenfranchised, that we cross over to those that are in absolute need of Jesus, that we cross over to the hurting, so that we cross over to the broken, that we don't just avoid people, avoid the things that God is placing in our path for us to change, that we don't just avoid and cross over because there's obstacles, but we cross over towards the opportunity that God is putting before us. Amen. See, if we're ever going to get better at love, we got to learn how to cross over. We got to look at the person next to you, tell them cross over. Cross over. See, we got to learn how to cross over. The first thing we got to do is we have to learn how to cross over. If we're going to become better at love, we have to learn. Becoming better at love means that we're crossing over from a love that is convenient to a love that is costly. Right. So we, we have to see we have to cross over from a love that is convenient to a love that is costly. And I think about how many times I've crossed over. And I've walked away because I wanted to remain on the road of convenience. And God is calling us to walk a road. And if we're going to become better at love, we've got to learn how to, how to cross over from a love that is convenient to a love that is costly. See, oftentimes God puts us on the love path that is costly. And we walk over to the love path that is convenient. And so we only serve people like us, look like us, those closest to us. Right? right? We, have, we create our own cliques and our own people and everybody else is weird. Everyone else is a Samaritan. See, this Samaritan, it cost them something. See, this, this Samaritan crossed over to a person that if the person had been unconscious and the roles were reversed, may have not done the same thing for the Samaritan. See, the Samaritan said, I'm, I'm, it, it costs you something. See, if we, if we don't understand that true love will cost us something, we will never experience the fullness of love. We will never learn how to love people. We will never become better at love. And we will, consequently, we will not become better at loving people because we have remained in a love that is convenient and God is calling us as a church community, but not only as a church community, as individuals. See, much of us think that we are only the church when we come together. And so I, I'll do church things when I'm with church folk. And I'll start loving people when I'm with the church. You know, and we'll do it together and we'll go reach the world together. But some of that togetherness means you being an agent, a change in your workplace. Come on, that's right. See, some of that, some of that agent of change, see, the way they're going to know that Jesus Christ is Lord is by the way we love. And so if you show a love that is beyond anything we've ever experienced, they'll start asking questions. How could you forget? How could you love like that? But how? Because I've received the greater love that was not manufactured from the enemy, but was manufactured by the one who created me. And so we have to cross over from a love that is convenient to a love that is costly. See, this man took his, he took his own oil 
his own bandages to heal the man's wounds. He took his own animal, his own donkey, to put the man up on it and carry him through. He took his own money to pay for his end. When was the last time love cost you something? I think of how many times I've remained on the road of convenience. And oftentimes what happens is, is that we, we give up on love and we give up on people. And we remain in convenience and we start projecting our love to things. You ever wonder why we love animals so much? Like there's people that they love their dogs. There's some people that you love your dog and if your dog, if it was your dog and someone you actually knew and their life was at risk, you'd save your dog. <laughs> Are you hearing me, church? Right? And there's some of you that love cats. I don't know why. The most disloyal pet. The one that they got in our lives. You can't get rid of them. All the men say. All right. That's not. This is not cat lovers. Right, so check this out, we're better at loving our animals than we are people. See, because oftentimes it doesn't take the love of God to love animals. You can do that with the love you've manufactured within yourself. Yeah. And as disloyal as cats are, we, we tend to forgive them. Oh, it's okay. Someone should scratch my face off. Right? We tend to be more forgiving towards animals than we are for people that God has called us to reach and love. And so we remain in convenience and we don't walk toward the love that is costly. And oftentimes, we want to live the life love gives without praying the, paying the price it costs to live it. Amen. God is calling as a church to step out of convenience and walk into a love that is costly. Amen? Amen? Give God some praise in the house. See, becoming better at love, write this down. Becoming better at love means crossing over from a love that is comfortable to a love that is courageous. Walking away from a love that's comfortable to a love that is courageous. See, God... The story that Jesus is saying, he's saying they went from Jerusalem to Jericho. This is a 17-mile trip that goes from 3,000 feet high to 3,000 feet. It, it uh, de-escalates or goes lower 3,000 feet. So it's like this huge hill that you're going down. This place was known as the, the Bloody Pass or the Bloodway. Okay? And it was, known, it was known as this because of the amount of people that would get robbed. The amount of people that would get killed on the trip, that 17 mile journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. And so there's no doubt that these guys, this priest and this Levite could have walked by this man and said, you know what, I'm not going that way. I'm not going that way because they might get me too. You get what I mean? Like, I'm, they just beat money grip up. I'm not gonna let them beat. So they, they, there's a fairness there to say, Okay, they, maybe they didn't want to just get beat up. And they were like, you know what? Dale prisa, dale prisa. And they hurry up. Let's just, let's just go. I'm sorry if you don't understand what I'm saying. 
I speak in sign languages too, so I'm doing it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, you see, see, sometimes when I'm courageous, what does courageous have to do with being comfortable? Why don't we? See, because it takes courage. Because fear is the only thing that will keep you away from the thing that it takes courage to accomplish. See, it takes courage to walk away from the things that you are comfortable with. Well, I'm a priest. I can't touch unholy things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a temple Levite. I can't touch uh, bloody stuff. And so I'm going to remain in my paradigm. I'm going to remain in what I know. I'm going to remain in what I'm comfortable in. I'm not going to risk my life. I'm not going to risk my, my resources. I'm not going to risk my finances. I'm not going to risk myself. I'm not going to step out into the things that I don't, the, the unknown. I don't know what that side of the road looks like for me. Therefore, I will go back to the place that is comfortable. See, oftentimes, we pray to God to end the storm in our lives because it's rowdy and it makes noise and it's chaotic and because it's a destroyer. But there is a silent killer in the church of God today called comfort. See, we don't pray for that because we don't associate we don't associate comfortability as a killer. But if we're ever going to be the church of God, and if we're ever going to grow in our love and get better at our love, we have to be able to cross over from the side of being comfortable to the side that is courageous. Amen. See, it takes courage to love the way that God has called us to love. It takes courage. See, oftentimes we don't want to love because we associate, we don't associate love as something courageous. Love is for the weak. Love is for the, love is for the weak. Oh, he's weak. He's, he's just a little, he doesn't even know what to do with himself. He's sprung on this girl. You know, gotta pray for that, brother. It takes courage. It takes courage to stay in a marriage that God has united. Even though it's difficult. It takes courage to pray for people that have spoken about you, about you and gossiped about you. It takes courage. You know, I've had to, let me tell you, sometimes you, you think you're, you've experienced the greatest hurts before becoming a pastor. I think I've experienced more hurt as a pastor than I have before I was a pastor. I've had to look people in the face, and it takes courage to look people in the face that you know that they were talking about you the day before, and they're looking at you in the face, and they're saying, oh, how are you doing, Pastor? And you know, you're looking at you know they were gossiping, gossiping about you. It takes courage to put yourself to the side and put people ahead of you. See, I'm not going to let my feelings and my personal things get in the way of what God is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. See, but we get comfortable and we remain in the road of comfort when God is calling us to step out in courage. And again, we all say as a church, but at your workplace, in your family, in your careers, in your schools, step out in courage. See, we look at people and we're like, we're so discouraged. They're like, I felt courageous, but then people, right? 
and I had this thought because you know, you know what sometimes we're like, we're comfortable loving ourselves. Because we're the most forgiving to ourselves, right? We forgive ourselves a lot easier than we forgive other people, right? And you, know, you, you ever hear a lot of people say, oh, you gotta love yourself first? And I believe that. You gotta love, you do have to love yourself, without a doubt. Because the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? But here's the thing sometimes it's easier to love yourself. It's easier to love yourself because I, I'm just not gonna deal with people. I'm just, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just me. I'm just going to love me right now. Forget what people think. Forget what people say. I'm just not going to deal with people. And I'm just going to invest in me. Invest in myself. And you give up on people. And here's the deal. The thing is that if you truly loved yourself, you wouldn't be worried about what people bring out of you. But the reason that you're discouraged with people is because people bring some a self out of you that you are not so loving towards. See, if you're comfortable with yourself, then you can love people. See, if you're comfortable with yourself and you love yourself, then you can love people. Why? Because you're not worried that they're going to bring the Jesus out of you, literally. <laughs> you step out your Christian real quick. You're not worried about that. But sometimes God uses people to show you the real you so that he can deal with it on the surface. Yes. This is if it never comes out. I can never deal with it. But let me deal with it. And let me use this instrument called people. Let me use this instrument called relationships. There's some there's some bosses that God has picked for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't want to hear that right there, right? <laughs> there's some people that you see every day. Guess what? They are hand-selected by our Lord Jesus to bring Jesus out of you. So that you can step out of your comfort and walk into mm -hmm. the place that calls for a love of courage. Amen? Amen. Number three, and we're done here. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm going to call our worship team to come up. We have to cross over from a love that is cold to a love that is compassionate. Everybody say compassionate. See, if See, becoming better at love means crossing over from a love that is cold to a love that is compassionate. See, compassion requires commitment. In Luke 10, chapter 25, verse 37, it said, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, when he saw him, he had compassion. Says a Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he came where to where he was. He came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. I love this because it says when he saw him. Sometimes we don't even take the time to look at people much deeper than the surface. But what if we took the time to just? see people? What if it would bring compassion out of us? What if we would look at people and not see what's out on the surface and maybe see that they are, they are struggling, maybe see that there's something that's going deeper, that they maybe see that there's something in them that makes them that way? What if God, is, God has placed them in your path 
not so that you can leave them beat up and broken. Because we may not be beat up and broken on the outside, but many, many of us, many of much of humanity is beat up and broken on the inside. And God has placed them in our path so that we can say, I'm going to use my time, the things that God has given me, the, kid, the, the things that God has placed in my lap. I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to put them on my donkey. And I'm going to share everything that God has given me. See, my fear for our church, the church of the future, is that we will simply have a church that is good at doing church, but not being the church. My fear is that we have a church and we have a society that we major in apathy. That we become indifferent and motionless, half-hearted and lack empathy. And my prayer is that God help us be a compassionate church. Help us be a church that thinks more about people than we do about the luxurious things that we want in life. That we think about people more than the things that we desire and want. Because I think this world as a whole would experience the fullness of life if we learn how to do love well. Doing love well means living well. See, it was, it was not a thing for this man to give up his oil and wine and, and bandages and it was not a thing because he valued people. See, as a church community, my prayer is that we love people. All kinds of people. You know why? Because he loves people. See, the truth is, what Jesus was trying to tell this man was, his path. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to go. But he went down the bloody road. He went down more than 17 miles. He went, he went much longer than a road that descends 3,000 feet. He, met, he went much uh, wider than that. And Jesus comes and he says, no, not only were they placed in my path, I'm going to go towards the hurt. I'm going to go towards the pain. Hey, Mr. Lawyer! I'm the good because I was rejected. I was looked like as, as the outcast. I was looked at as the third world citizen. I was looked at the person that, that was me. I'm the good Samaritan. I had to cross over. I had to cross over from heaven to earth so that you can cross over from earth to heaven. I had to cross over from death when I died upon that cross for you. I crossed over from death to life so that you can cross over from death to life. 
I had to cross over from the divine to humanity so that you can cross over from humanity to eternal life. Oh, what? You want to know how to get to eternal life? I'm the good Samaritan. And he said, go and do. What does he say? Go and do likewise. What he should have said was, I can't. You want me to love a Samaritan? No, no, you, you got to twist it. You got to twist it. I want you to be a neighbor. But that, that didn't answer the question. The question is, who is my neighbor? He should have answered the Levites. Because according to their social structure, the Levite was the next one in line. He goes, don't worry so much about those that will identify you. Don't worry so much about who you identify as a neighbor. Become the person that people will identify as a neighbor. See, when we see people, we're like, God, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? God kind of saying, don't worry about who's your neighbor. Why don't you go and be a neighbor to someone? He says, don't worry about the things that you cannot control. Worry about the things that I've placed as an opportunity for you. Why don't you go be a neighbor? He says, you go and do, and do likewise. See, Christ and Samson is not called to identify who is our neighbor. No, but we want to be a church where people will look at that church and say, that's my neighbor. <laughs> that people will look at the people of this church and say, man, those are our neighbors. <laughs> Why? Because when we were broken, they picked me up. When we were wounded, they bandaged me. When we were hurt, they fixed me up. When we were broken, man, they put us back together. When we were loveless, they loved us. When we didn't have a heart, they gave us one. When we didn't have compassion, they gave us Jesus. When we were hopeless, they gave us the hope for humanity, which is Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't want to identify who are our neighbors. Let's see who No, let's go out and be a neighbor. Amen. My prayer for 2017 is this. God, I want to become better at love. Not even at relationships. Not even in my marriage. But I know that if I become better at love, my marriage will receive. My church will receive. My family will receive. See, oftentimes we want to fix the object of our love. But if we become better at our love, the object of our love will simply reap the benefits. Do you believe that today? If you believe that today, give God some praise. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.